I'm Maserati E. And I'm Kevin McCracken. Welcome to The Last Mile Radio. We're paving the road to success. No lie. I've been on a mission for a while. Finally, I see the last mile. I've been on a mission for a while. Finally, I see the last mile. Hey, paving the road to success. I'm paving the road to be my best. I'm paving the road. To success. Yo, Kev, what up, what up, what up? How you doing, E? What's up, what's up? I'm really grateful to be here today, and I really appreciate you and Chris asking me to sit in. Absolutely, absolutely. Gotta kick this thing off by addressing the elephant in the room. I'm, we're hearing a new voice. We're hearing my dog, Kevin McCracken. Fit to be my co-host today, man. Such an honor and a pleasure, man. It's an honor and pleasure for me. I am, like I said, I'm a fan of the show, as you know. I Definitely. Was, I was, on, was the show. on the show. I was on the show. I was on the show. Uh, really enjoyed being interviewed by you and Chris, which felt like more of a conversation, right? which I really appreciate when I listen to radio and podcasts, that it's not just this canned like Q&A. Right. Um, and so what this show does is really bring out people's true personalities in many ways. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, that that just lets me know that's that's very confirming here. That lets me know we're doing a good job doing it how it's supposed to be done. Well, it also <laughs> feeds into what we're going to talk about with our guest. Mm hmm. And the fact that he is a product of what we call a social enterprise. Right. Um, which, you know, there's many different definitions. Essentially, it's the idea that you can combine social mission with business strategies and ba- balance your ethical go- goals with profitability. However, however, the unspoken part of that is the safe space it provides for marginalized communities. Mm, I love that. And so, that. you know, one of the, the things that we're going to talk with him about was he was he went through a program called Homeboy Industries here in East Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it's provided the opportunity for many, many people who have been gang involved to get out of that life. And not just from the standpoint of getting therapy or getting sort of group uh, experiences, but actually working in an enterprise. Right. Which I think when you work, there's a cathartic effect to that mm-hmm. because it kind of loosens you up. You become who you really are. And it gives you the opportunity to exchange not just ideas, but your story with other people that are like-minded and come from the same space. It's very empowering. It is empowering. And so, you know, we talk about social enterprise a lot at the last mile when we're talking about what we're doing next. And I think that's one of the key components to what our success is going to be over the next few years. It's important to really embrace that because there is something that happens that's very different when you're at work. You're, you're, you know, everything comes out, right? Who you really are (laughs) comes out. And we we talk a lot about like getting in touch with who you are. Definitely. And, and your story talks about that a lot. I mean, you can speak to this on a very personal level because when you were offered the opportunity, when you were in prison Mm -hmm. by men that had been there a long time and they said, come on over here, youngster, let's talk about what you're doing. You took that and ran, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, taking heed to the advice of the wise ones around me definitely uh what was, was something that accelerated my growth you know what i mean I've, I've always been far from perfect even still today so far from perfect right so i still butt my head and gotta tap in with the wise ones around me consistently today as well but i think having that ability to be able to receive information you know that especially helpful information um could take you so far because a lot of times especially when you're young it's hard you know what i mean you think right. you know it all you can't you, you can't can't nobody tell you nothing Well, and I think, you know, when we talk about social enterprise specifically, there's this like buzzword of double bottom line, right? So elaborate on that. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? So you're, you're trying to make a profit, but you're also trying to achieve certain community or social uh, Mm, impact goals. And, and I think, you know, again, what gets lost in that is the actual effect it has on individuals. So when you're working in an environment with people who have similar backgrounds, but you're being offered the opportunity for success and failure, right? You have an opportunity to really change your life. And so we've, like I said, we've talked about this a lot, but I think it's really important to say that, you know, one of our goals is an organization, but my personal goal, and I I believe I can speak for Chris as well, um, is to give people a real opportunity to not just change their lives, but do it in a place that's really safe. Right. So they'll be able to, to fail. Right. They'll be able to try out ideas. They'll be able to do things that they've never done before. Um, and then hopefully with the failure and successes, become a more more whole person. 
Oh, I, I I definitely agree with that a thousand percent. I think that type of environment is extremely conducive for growth, for sure. I think the ability to fail is it's something I say all the time, right? And I live and die by this. We don't take losses. We learn lessons. Yep. You feel what I'm saying? So every time, you know, what may be deemed as a failure, that's actually a lesson. So in my opinion, it's damn near a success because you know what not to do. You feel what I'm saying? You know what you now that adds tools in your toolbox on how to navigate. So whatever journey you took that didn't necessarily go how you wanted to you still accomplish figuring out the route not to go you still accomplish figuring out now what not to do which ultimately leads you to the direction of what needs to be done in order to accomplish what it is you want to exactly and you will notice that most social enterprises are located in areas where the need is right and many of them and and i think uh homeboy industries is a great example of this weren't started out with the idea of like, let's do this thing and make money. Mm -hmm. They were started out with the idea of how can we help the most people that are within the demographic that we want to help. And, you know, what am I going to do each day when I get up to make the next step? Right. Instead of, you know, like, oh, we're going to set this up so we make a bunch of profit. Right. You know, and I think it's a really interesting concept. More and more companies are kind of picking up on this and using the offer opportunity to create social impact, uh, initiatives, um, better diversity inclusion initiatives and, and more, but I think we could be doing a lot more. I challenge people all the time. And I think it's an important challenge as a business person. I've Um, seen you in action. I've seen you in action. And and (laughs) the, the challenge is just hire one person just. And so I'm saying this to the, to any business leaders that are listening to the show, just hire one person, one person that has been justice impacted, one person that has struggled with substance use. One person that has less than a high school education, one person that may be a vet that's come home traumatized from a foreign conflict, whatever your sweet spot is, the thing that you hold dear and that you care most about, hire that person. Right. If it's, if it's people that are on the spectrum, hire somebody that's neurodivergent in your organization and train them. You're going to find the best employees in the world because if you give that opportunity, they're going to give back to you in a way that you won't even imagine. And so then, then comes the other bottom line, right? What's the other one? So you create this amazingly successful and, uh, amazingly supportive work environment, which then yields profits. Right. So what do you do with those profits? You know, my, my, my personal opinion. Back into the, back into the community, I will hope. And share with your employees. Right. So, you know, I, I, I challenge anyone to give it, give it a chance and see how it goes. And if you're curious about it and don't know you know reach out to us we can help you a hundred percent this is true this is true got a got a long line to choose from for sure for sure and and to piggyback on that man i agree a thousand percent especially you know for people coming from our experience uh, of being returned citizens and things of that nature i feel like a lot of people, unfortunately, don't realize these benefits that you're referring to as far as the work ethic and productivity that you're going to get out of somebody with that type of experience. Like the level of gratitude alone is much different. And that also increases the productivity. One thing we hear Chris say all the time, the loyalty. Yep. You know what I mean? The loyalty. I know some real loyal dudes to the companies that they work for. But that overall work ethic, I think, is incomparable to people that didn't have the experience we did. Well, and let's be honest. The streets are a grind. For sure. So you learn how For to sure. grind already. Right. Prison is a grind. 100%. Coming home is a grind. 100%. Go, bold, <laughs> don't going, stop. <laughs> not going back is a grind. 100%. With all the rules for post-release. But this leads us to maybe have a little conversation about who our guest is. Absolutely. I think I think our guest really epitomizes, you know, that that journey of transformation as well as that grind that we talking about to do better, be better. You feel what I'm saying? I'm extremely excited to announce who our next guest is going to be. This is somebody you probably seen on your TV screen cuz he is an Emmy nominated actor. This is somebody you probably even seen in your neck of the woods in your neighborhood cuz he really is for the people and from the people. For real for real you probably even heard him slapping on your airwaves because he makes dope ass music he'd be slapping and he's also a poet so you probably even seen him kicking his poetry we talking about the one and only richard cabral been in the game for quite some time you feel me if you if if you're aware of the show the mayans mc pretty popular show on fx he was coco you know what i mean which was a pretty big role in my opinion for sure so i'm super excited man to go down his journey 
And a product of social enterprise. And a product of social enterprise. Damn straight. I'm super excited about that. So stay tuned. When we come back, it's going to be going down. Me, my boy Kevin McCracken, and the one and only Richard Cabral. It's going to get real. Right here on the Last Mile Radio on Sirius XM. We're going to be back shortly. Yes, 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 we are back. We are back. You are tuned in to the Last Mile Radio right here on Sirius XM. Kev, it's about to go down in a major way right now, man. I got got to give a little brief background on who we got in the building right now. Yes, you do. Oh, my goodness. So, you probably seen him on TV. You probably even heard him slapping in your speakers because this Emmy-nominated actor is also a dope musical artist and poet. You probably even seen him in your neighborhood because he's definitely a real one and is really for the people and with the people. If you're a fan of the popular show Mayans MC, you know him as Coco. We got the big dog, Richard Cabral, in the building with us today. Richard, man, welcome to the Last Mile Radio. Now, of course, thank you for having me here. It's been a minute. Um, we've been trying to make this happen for a while, so I'm glad it finally happened. So excited to have you in here, man. Seriously, so excited. I feel like we already tight like that you know what I'm saying yeah no it's beautiful man everything's happening in divine order as you said earlier absolutely man absolutely well man thank you for having us man so serious so get getting into this man we want to start off we we always like to start off with the journey right, you know what right, I mean right, right, right. want to yeah. start off with the journey and I know you've had a hell of a journey something that right. I can relate to personally but I want to hear from you man let, let, let's go through the journey man yeah and, and I think you know where we're at and just you know honoring the work that you guys have done you know specifically for me like because people hit me up all the time to like do interviews but I say no like and not just for just not just to say no it's because it's the reason right and there's a reason why I'm here and it's like you guys honor that that prison reform space you know for right. me people could word it however you know but where I come from, it's honoring that. And that's why I said, yes. So I'm going to start right there. Right. And we're, we're going to I'm going to take you on this prison journey. Right. And then we'll get to where you started. But it's that right. What most people don't understand that are outsiders coming into this world, that there is reasons why um, that their children you are given life terms in California. Right. That they're like, wow, that that happy. Yeah, it's been happening. Right? right. That there's these laws and these these the systems and this, that that are designed to keep black and brown children you know behind these bars and i was you know it's not even it's not a victim right because like i i feel that i grabbed what they were trying to make us victims and i took it as a strength right but this is the circumstances and it was very hard my growing up in east los angeles that's where my family migrated from from mexico mm-hmm. and i say los angeles east los angeles is like any other broken community in the united states period right um um public schools where's where i i entered and my family comes from a broken home alcohol right i think alcohol was the biggest one and i think alcohol mm-hmm. kind of it doesn't matter what color you are right alcohol will destroy any family it has right. no there's no color lines so i think my grandfather being an abusive alcoholic kind of set the tone right um and my mother and would kind of just follow the same steps right and it's just a, a, a broken child that does not f- or does not fix it just continues the brokenness that's kind of what happens and so you know my father leaving this story I, I tell you is 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 I feel is a story of many in this in, in, in broken communities my stop my father leaving at two years old what I feel will kind of change the trajectory of it right and my mom's alcoholism um kind of just being the trajectory of what my childhood would be, right? So, um, broken home. I, I, I seen violence. I seen my uncles were the ones that raised me. They're gang members, right? In LA, uh, specifically in Los Angeles, gangs have been around for since the 1940s, right? So this Damn. thing, 1940s. This is just what it is, and and so these things is a part of our culture. You get me? I don't. We don't know anything else. My uncles would be the ones that raised me. My uncles will start going to prison since the 1970s. Will be involved in gangs since the 1970s and start their incarceration in the 1980s. So I would follow. That's just what happens, right? What leader? What, right. what what's gonna happen to these children? Whoever leads the child, that's what's gonna happen. So, 
I, I would too. My my first uh, um the first age I would get incarcerated would be at thirteen. It was petty theft. I always say that you could follow the child, right? It's it, it's when you when you see a child that is to be institutionalized, you could see it. It doesn't it doesn't start from like oh he just did a life sentence, right? Right, right, and right. And for me, it was petty. It, my my first crimes was petty theft, graffiti, um things of that sort, right? Which would ultimately lead into my incarceration. But that changed for me. Go, being incarcerated at, at thirteen years old, that would change like. Now I felt a part of something and that's the messed up thing to say that being at my home in a broken home, it makes you feel like you're not a part of it, right? It makes you feel unloved. So the first place that I could feel loved and connected and that was that that was jail straight up that was jail and that's when I realized that the that my my messed up life was much bigger that was much bigger than me and that others in LA County that's the first time I like growing up in East LA too like you're very segregated Mm -hmm. what people don't know right and like and and for in East LA I there's no other cultures there's nothing but Mexicans so the first time I got introduced to the black culture was through Los Padrinos Juvenile Hall My way of and from 13 years old to I was 27, I was incarcerated. Let me just like all, wow. all the other stuff is fine, right? But and that I'm really coming to terms with. Right, I've been out for 15 years, and I was like, and the best thing about this this system, right? When you come out of trauma, anything you don't have time to think about it, right? You just have to go. So I never really realized what happened to me. That's but from deep. 13 to I was 27, I was incarcerated. Like one stretch, or no. In and out? No, but you don't cut you. It's a culture. It's a lifestyle. You right. get me? Yeah. You're yeah. in, right? And 100%. if you're in every year, that's it. What do you know? It's gangs and prison. Right. That become your reality. That's it. Well, right. And, and not only that, but when you're traumatized young at home and then you by go, your family. And then you're traumatized. You take again. one trauma to another. And again. Right. You, you and accept again. the only, what did I do? What did we do? We accept one trauma setting for another trauma setting. Right. right. Yeah, because prison, in my opinion, it's trauma. It is not designed to. Re- we we were able to accomplish something that, in my opinion, was surprising, and that's create a safe place within a very toxic environment. But then you get deeper. It's children. Yeah, right. Cal- we're taught this California, baby. Welcome to California, where we house, where we cage up children. Right. My best friend got life at fifteen. That's fact. He's still in there. Sam yep. Espinosa. That's mm. facts. That's facts. Right. Yep. I fought a 35-year-to-life sentence at 20. My mind wasn't even developed to understand what that meant. Mm. And we don't give the opportunity in marginalized communities to develop your brain. Yeah, you're just, you, you're, you mesh and you're just like, what? I'm, what, what do you mean? I, I'm, gonna, you, I, I'm, I'm facing 35 years to life. I'm 20 years old. What do you mean? You're gonna, you, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, okay. But we're men. And you, and you harden up. Right. That's you another better, thing you that make it that. worse. You better take that. Because that's what they teach you us. They take- teach us that's what, how we're supposed yeah. to respond to that, unfortunately. Yeah, it's that. You know, it's just like, it's, that's the messed up thing that you people expect us to, like, you, we didn't make these laws. That's the thing. We didn't make these laws. Right. No other country does this to children, right? No other country is perfect, but they don't house, they don't, they don't take kids and house them and, and you know, whether 13 well, years old to keep them. Bro, I was, I, I third, not even that. Like, I, you, know, you know what happens? You want me to tell you, you know what happens to a child that's institutionalized at a very young age? They put a wall in front of you. And that's your that's your window. Hmm. Yeah. You get me? Psychologically. What you, let me take you. Let me take you, law, lawmaker, law decider. Let me put you in a damn cage like you put these cages in cages for 24 hours. And let me see how you feel after. Right. Yeah. Straight up. You want this let's, let's talk about children. Let's just it's not even about adults. You know, adults sometimes are lazy. Talk about the children. There's thou, there's hundreds of thousands of children right now. And I was one of those, and I was one of those those kids. I was one of those childs. I was I was, I was that child right there. Same. I went down at seventeen you know? and did a total of nine straight. Like yeah. from from the age of seventeen to twenty six, I went from juvenile hall to CYA to prison. See, for my eighteenth birthday, that's what they ended up doing. Four days after my eighteenth birthday, my birthday present was going to the big house. You know what See? I'm saying? The prison. See? So I, I definitely agree. They definitely warehousing this very very early, and it, it, it's it's super messed up because that becomes normal. Normalize. And like you say, we adapt to it and, and to the point where sometimes it even gets seen as, as like a badge of honor. That's how twisted it and got to where now I feel like for some, it, it becomes a badge of honor. Like I went through that. I did that. You know what I mean? You're, and, but you're talking you're talking about what type of communities are these, right? right. These are the communities. How do you we gotta, get to that point? How, like these are communities, right, that are designed to strip arts from the communities Right. That are designed to make our communities dumb. 
Let me just start, lick it. Put children of different countries together. Really, mm. test them. Right. Test public school children for different countries, any country, black, brown, it doesn't matter. And see the what how they our children are dumb, I'm sorry to say, that are raised in public school. Unless you have a pri- unless you have money for a private education, which most black, brown and kids in these in this America don't. Right. They're sucked into a public school system. And those public school systems have failed our children. And not, those are the children that get busted and, 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 and get well, incarcerated. Not only that, but the actual schools are set up with metal detectors. They look security. like prisons. And, uh, the, they the look school like to prison, prisons. The school to prison pipeline is so real. Cause, like, and, and like you said, since as early as 13, I remember my first run-ins with the law around that time as well, right? And what that does is tell you, you know, this is what you're meant for. This is what you're bred for. Like like, like the schools, like you said, metal detectors, even just the design of the schools, if you look at the courtyards and things like that, it looked like a damn prison, like legit. Yeah, yeah. The cafeterias with the metal tables and all right, that type of stuff, right. like it looked like. So that's that's literally mentally conditioning us, you know, to prepare and get ready for that to the point where, again, it becomes normal. Well, up until recently which the laws have slightly changed right but still the united states is the only country in the world that incarcerates its youth for life without parole <laughs> the only one crazy. We grown. You in, in, fact, in fact it's crazy it's it is actually banned by international law and it's considered uh, almost torture so, it is torture <laughs> so the idea that that there's that there's these that there's this kind of institutions in the united states yes. that will sentence youth to life yes which we talked about before the show briefly and one of my best friends was one of those guys mm. you know and it's unbelievable but mm. it still happens yeah yeah there, in fact in detroit right now wayne county the juvenile lifers that are going back up for resentencing hearings are just getting resentenced to life mm. and these are mostly mm. black men that's right. it yeah that's it like so, and and that it's it's like we when when we have these big discussions and these big you know come togethers right but it's just like like really is it is it what's really the problem that they're coming out or is it really the problem that these laws that kind of did this to these communities and it's 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 that like I think we're asking the wrong questions right how do how do we get here I think that's one thing that always gets <laughs> well, overlooked. Because I, I like, can't. How do we get here? I, I can't. I can't. God, it, I can't negate the fact of responsibility and accountability. Right. But how do we get yes. here to be to normalize yeah. these actions and this thought pattern? Right. Like it wasn't overnight. No. Like conditioning is so real. And, and when you think about it, it's literally hundreds of years of conditioning that goes yes. into this. We talking about like since the conception right. of America. Like, like I'm this. I'm on this whole California read right now. Right. I'm writing. I'm, I'm reading this this um book that's barely been published in English. Um, it was it was um originally um written in Spanish but if like over uh, 150 years or something it's barely and it's the story of California right and when mm-hmm. you really peel back like how everybody came here right like just peel that back right like with the blacks like they weren't originally from they were coming from the south be- running from all the the lynching and whatever and, and that's kind of like when you really like and they oh and where, where did they have to go Los Angeles pushed them to the south right, right? from the great the, migration right? after no, slavery no 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 south Los Angeles south, south right. Los Angeles I'm saying from the great migration after slavery how we how we ended up on the west coast if right. we will right and, and, and how right, right. And, and how it just like even the city of Los Angeles how the the the, the redlining right still mm-hmm. going on today redlining yeah. justification like, like is it really a, yeah. a trip why only certain parts of the city kind of have gun violence and the same like don't like it's it's. I'm just saying like when you peel it's right there in front of your eyes baby like, yeah. you don't got you don't it's it's not a mystery. This shit ain't fucking. It's, it's a saying. <laughs> if you change the design, you change the conditions. Change the design to change the conditions. So talking about this topic, the two of you are sitting here mm-hmm. as products of this system, mm. but in a very different place. Now. Mm-hmm. 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 I think so, products of overcoming the system. There you go. Well, okay. Exactly. But the, the question I'm going to pose to both of you is how did you get here? Right. Versus how did we as a country get to where we are? Right, love it. How did the two of you get here? Because something changed. Right. Whether it was community support, <clears throat> you found somebody to be a mentor while right. you were still in prison, and, or fill in the blank. I'm going to throw right. in something out there. Did you read a lot? I did. I did, definitely. For sure. I, I, understanding yes. is going to be huge in my answer, for sure, for sure. Once I understood systemic oppression mm-hmm. and how that mm-hmm. worked, and mm-hmm. like you said, how did we get to this point? 
I felt not, I felt like a sucker. I'm like I yeah, took the, I took the, the veil hook line and see off. Once the veil's off, the veil's off. Right. It, 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 if you're a sucker that goes back to it, then you're just a, because it's work. Let me just. Right. How did you get here? I'm gonna tell you how. I just barely met you today. I'm gonna tell you how you got here. Talk one, to me. One. Through hard motherfucking work, that's how you got here. Ain't never lied. Ain't never lied. Most definitely it was hard work. And, and it, it continuous. Yeah, it don't hard stop. Work. The work don't stop. That's what we die. <laughs> part of how we get here. You could have the right verbiage, the right edge, you know, but if you don't know how to grind out here, that it's part of it. But the but work but, the thing and, too, though. And, and, and ripping, ripping the lies. I think kind of, I'm just want to piggyback on that. For sure, for ripping sure. the lies. Like when you really find out what, what it is, like, am I really just a, like a dumb Mexican in this or, or is it that what they're telling me? Mm. Right. Right? Am I just really this? Or did my people come from ancient times, right? Right. Because that's the real story. If you want to know about me, I'm I'm Indian. Bro, Mexican, I know I'm I'm in touch with my my answers. Built those great great empires down in Mexico. That's my people. Right? Just like if you go down, I know that just like everybody has that. Right, absolutely. Everybody. Doesn't matter black, white, doesn't matter. You have these real stories. I say that once you, you want to be a better American, I'm from Mexico, but just we're we're an American. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) No, but if you want to be a better American, you should know who you are. You could probably be a better American. That part. Right. Another matter. thing, too, I want to piggyback on this before it slipped my mind. One of the things you said about work, I think it's real important to understand the hard work, but what you're working for, the purpose behind it. Because we work. worked back then, too. That, that, you feel it, what it's I'm gang saying? Work. That gang work is that I always say that we took that. that when, and once you really understand what it, that energy and that work to, to, to get you, it took energy and work to get me to prison. Right, man. It Come took on, energy man. and work to get me in prison. Come on, man. But when I understood that energy and work could be shifted into really understanding who I am, that's kind of that's kind of where and and then boom, and then you open up to the universe. For me, it's opening up to the universe. Me too. I, I definitely well, relate to that. Well, having having worked in social enterprise, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is people that have been through extreme adversity mm-hmm. that have the veil's been lifted mm-hmm. and they no longer believe the lies are the hardest working employees that I've ever encountered. Mm. Obviously, I talk about myself in that picture too, being a formerly homeless heroin addict mm. and a product of San Francisco. Mm, product of San Francisco. That, yeah. I don't know. That's, <laughs> you know, the city and, get treasure. And yeah. so, <laughs> so I will say that there's a, a motivation that also comes from a little bit of imposter syndrome mm. because yep. I'm always like, do they know? Mm. Right. Do they know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll tell my story in reverse just because I want to, get the good part out first mm, right mm-hmm. see where i am now but i think one of the things that comes to mind when you guys are talking about this you put in the work mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and you were able to leave the situations you were in mm-hmm. because probably you were respected because you mm-hmm. put in the work right 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 right, right. i mean I, I, th- I don't think you exempt from that neither though no. in the least bit no but so when you got to that pivotal point maybe what was that pivotal point for each of you Richard especially right. I've heard I've heard ease a and, number of times and, and then you next yeah <laughs> that pivotal point like what happened because something clearly changed it it was a culmination of the reading right and right. the learning right. Right. and un- unveiling right. the, the oppression right but you all obviously must have had other people influencing yeah. you in a positive way for oh, sure for sure and like for me my story if you if if you know my story you can't say my story without father greg of homeboy industries right and it was a blessing that he was in here today but it's really that like for me like what what the embodiment of that is like because this to Father Greg says there is no hopeful child that becomes a gang member. And you could, it's, you could, there's so many ways you could, you know, it's so layered like that. But for me, that's 100, right? There's no hope. And then, and I say that if that is true, then there's no hopeful child that becomes a drug addict and alcoholic. Right. Mm. A child that is truly loved and nurtured and told you I love you at all the right times, right? Shit happens. But like, like, they're, why would they end up running to death? Right. Everybody that I know, really, they had some some shit happen. Not right? trying to fill a void. So whether it was daddy, fucking sexual assault, right? These traumas, these deep traumas, like, and and that was something that I would always notice. Some of the most craziest motherfuckers in the hood were some of the most traumatized motherfuckers, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My homeboy Chino, his him, like he was that motherfucker went to YA, like over and over, right? Right. Like it's just his mind was just turned to like he he almost stabbed me when I was little. I remember, and, and I swear, I swear, I was like thirteen, which I almost stabbed me, right? But and I remember when I heard his dad used to smoke PCP. Mm. Mm. Okay. Like in front of them, right? right? And you're just like, 
what what happened to you know and for what those that, that don't know PCP is like a hallucinogen. I believe it's like yeah, a it's an abomination. It was one yeah. of, like they used to call it um Superman. Like you would turn like the Credible Hulk because you're in mm-hmm. back in the eighties when that PCP was PCP. Like especially in Los yeah, Angeles, yeah. You, it, yeah, yeah. You there's videos. You can go on YouTube videos. You need like five six sheriffs taking down oh, one yeah. man on PCP. Legit. Well, yeah, and legit. the long term damage it does to you. I, some of the craziest guys I was in jail and rehab with were were doing PCP. That was their thing. Yeah. And yeah. they would do it and go out and do crimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know? it was, and it does long-term damage to your brain. Right. 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 Know? Right. Yeah. Being or seeing that as a child. Yeah. I mean, I will still contend that having a violent alcoholic in the house, yeah. there's nothing quite like that for mm. trauma. Mm. Um, mm. And I know that's my grandfather's story as mm. well. Mm. So mm. hearing that, I was like, you know, it get, you get emotional right, about it. Right. Because right. it resonates. Yeah. So, so going back to the question, what was that pivotal moment? And, and, yeah, and and, I, and it was the love going start. You know, as I started with G, right? And what G did is like, it's that right? Like my dad leaves. Let's just it's me, right? My dad leaves, and my mom doesn't give a fuck, right? Why? Why didn't she give a fuck, right? Because she's bringing in men that I have no connection with. Most of the time, alcoholics, drug addicts, right? So, it, and so when Father G comes into my life, like this man, like when he when he gave me those first twenty dollars. That in that secret handshake and said, I love you. Hmm. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean you love me? And like, and you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, and he's not, I love you, son. Like, we're right here. And you're just like, fuck, that's all I've been wanting. That's all I've been wanting was to fucking have somebody like, no matter, that's it. I'm a father of four now, right? And and I'm a great father. My son, he's a 20, I got a 21-year-old. My baby's five, right? My tw- He goes to the art center, one of the greatest art schools in, in the United States, period, right? He got accepted to that shit, right? He is on set. And it's, and it's But it's it's that, right? I know, like, like I know what it is to be there for them in a real way, right? Like they and like that's all I wanted. I just wanted somebody to be there for me. Like I got you, son. Like you're my son. And it wasn't until meeting Father Greg that that truly that I, I it's that man. It wasn't homeboys is a space. He created a space. Mm-hmm. But what father what that place is a man. Mm-hmm. Homeboy Industries is a man. Is a man that 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 embodies. And up to this day, he's humble about his right. He's buried like almost two hundred and fifty kids. Yeah, man. Think about that, right? Till this day, like just out there, just you know, with us, and and so anyhow, that there was love, and I think the first demonstration through that, right? The first one, because love came in many forms after that, right? But it was Father Greg that showed me that, and I wasn't my worst mistake. That we that I was not my worst mistake. Right. Do Do you feel like that moment? Well, so were you already like? On, on on a progressive path, should I say? Do you feel like you already had your purpose in alignment at that point, or this, is that something that helped you find? You it? know, you talked a little bit about the music, and, and and that's like the music and my story. Like, and I that's why I asked you about books, right? Mm-hmm. Like books, that was my shit. Like that was my gateway out. That's dope. Books. My mom used to come and give me books or send me books. My mom did do that for me when I was in jail, but that kind of fucked me up though too. Cause I was like, yeah, you would come and visit me, but like, are you? You're more of a mom when I'm in jail than when I am outside. Hmm. Right, but whatever, whatever books and 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 it was I I was a storyteller since I was very young, so it's always it, and I used to write poems. I used to just write my poems, and I think there's something. I gotta up say, a, you definitely a dope ass poet for sure. I'm a poet. I gotta I'm say, a poet. I'm it's all good. Well, and we talked about that as well. I mean, I think the the idea around incarceration even is to disconnect people from that part of their yes their personality yes look at california prisons it's black and white you, yep. you go color you 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 lose your sense of color they they stay they take out all senses from you bro yeah, we're, we're black and white i spent we spent years in california prison what are the colors what are the colors shit gray uh-huh. black white for sure blue. like you said and, and, and blue and yeah it. and the prison and, blues. And, not, and not just and a, a, a certain type oh and then green for sure <laughs> that green wall <laughs> well, and uniforms you get me so it's that that's p- what i'm talking yeah. about yeah so so Pivoting, because yeah. you know we've—I got a time check yeah, already. Space. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want—I want to hear about your success story. Yeah. Like you know, it's and it's, and I say this like yeah. not in an, right. an ego building way for mm-hmm. you, but to really share like so you met Father Greg, right? And then something changed, right? Dramatically right. for you, right? Because and, and, yeah. what you're doing now. And it's the acting, right? What gave me this this space that that I've seen the world was the acting. Right. That acting happened at the bakery. I took the opportunity and it was I asked when that happened. Right. It was like, if these people could believe in me, how can I not believe in myself? Come on, man. That's yep. it. Right. Yep. That's it. When that opportunity comes and if you're a dummy and you don't take it, you're just a dummy. You didn't take it. 
That opportunity might never come. That's facts. When that shit came, I, I took that. I told Father Gay, I'm changing my trajectory. I don't want to be a baker no more. I want to go to acting class. But I knew that it was work. Right? And that was it. That was it. Well, you want to know how to be an actor? Go to acting class. Right. That's like it. That. It's facts. Yeah. You want to know how to be a host or go to host class? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know how to be a produ- well, go to production class. Pra- pra- it's, it's pra- practice and discipline. But it's discipline. It's like, well, yeah. like for me, acting. Well, acting, yeah. But who did? There's actors in front of me. The uh, uh, Scorsese, um, DiCaprio, Pacino, Meryl Streep, right? What did they do? And just do it. Right. It's not hard. It's really not, right? right? And especially right now, like, especially if you have this, right. and you don't know how to get, you're getting the wrong information, dummies. You're spending too long on whatever Instagram. social media, whatever. <laughs> you should be getting the right information, filling your mind with, with the right things versus the dumb things. Right. It's a choice. Yeah. You have a choice, to, you have a choice yeah. to be dumb or you have a choice to be smart. Or you have, it's a choice. Right. You have a choice to grind or you have a choice to be lazy. Right. So, so but you must have gotten at least the baseline of feeling safe from- At homeboys. Yes. So that you could actually chase for your dreams. For sure. I swear to God. I swear to God. Because if that space where you could create this space for these individuals through wherever you're at, if you could create a space for an individual coming out of a traumatic situation like prison, you could for sure, there's for sure possibility for change. Right. For sure. So what was it like when you got your first role? How did that feel? It's, it's, it's one of the most, it's one of the most like... It, it, it just makes it's, it's not normal right this shit is not normal my life is not normal let me just start here you want to know what this is my life is not normal why because from where my life started at to where i'm at today the shit doesn't make sense right right it th- that's it's it's trying you to defy the odds but but the, it's still in me right the all it's still you, i don't i still wake i still think about the trauma i still think about the prison yard i still think like that right when i'm in a confined space i can't help why because i was spent years you can't take it away right, right. now it's here fuck it's like an it's like a, it's like you've been at once you once you're instant once you, you can't switch back right it's having your. It's like an. You have a missing. It's a, it's just part of you like now. Like a scar, like a real scar. It's like a heart mummer. It's car. It's part of you. Right. And you have to be real with that, right? That I can't. Like, why do I flop out on my partners? Mm. That's what's gonna happen. Right. Get ready, baby. Get ready for that, and that's it. Like, but but I and I've managed. I've managed. I'm grateful that I've managed to hone it down and to have a beautiful acting career. Right. I've been able to take what I've learned in my life and transform it into acting, and that's where I'm at. I've traveled the world. So, I, I want to ask some about that. Right. So, like acting as a form of expression, for sure, for sure. Do you feel like that allowed you, you know, to express yourself and, and process your past a bit? Like, how does that play a role, or has it played a, a it, role, it, like it, a therapy? It's, for you? It's, it's everything, right? But what I tell you guys, right? What I tell not just you, right? It's like you want to know where this Emmy name, Emmy nomination came from. Talk to me. It's from that trauma. Hmm. But they don't want to honor that, right? So is that what comes to life on the screen? The is that time. what you're tapping it's pain. into? It's pain. Where hmm. does my pain? It's not nobody else's pain. It's my pain. Where does my pain come from? Being institutionalized. Man. That's it. That you cannot talk. I cannot. You could have whatever, right? But I'm gonna look at if I know your story, that shit changed you. Hell yeah. Yeah. And it will and you'll never be the same. That shit changed me from 13 to 27, and I'll never be the same. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. That's what people like, oh, I'm no homie, you're not good, actually, bro. You're not good. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay. Go to a therapist, homie. Get yes. your ass to a therapist, bro. You're not good. Those years incarcerated fucked you up. Yeah. Go to a therapist, bro. And no, and no one gives a fuck out here about. No one cares about your feelings. Welcome to welcome to the world. No one gives a fuck about your feelings. Yeah. Now that's real life. <laughs> well, so but that's real life. Hold on, though. It's, it's so on us it. to take control so, and, and, and to take the steps needed in order to progress and process this shit because that's real. But let's let's let's. Let's roll that back a little bit because with success also yeah. comes failure. Yeah. So what, what's it been like when you don't mm. get the role you really wanted? And, and, how and how like do you it, process man, that I'm going to tell now. you like this. If you think about being an actor, you better have the toughest skin in this game. Hmm. This is fact. doesn't matter what actor you are. The Oscar nominee doesn't matter. You will have more fails than you have wins. That's facts. You will, you will get more. This is just this is a number game, baby. Acting's right. a number game. Well, but uh, until you're just getting offers, until you're just that egg, you know. Right, but right, beyond right. that, you're just a number game. So for anyone that's trying to change their lives, right. though, that's dealing with failure, what did you do personally to get through those times? Because a lot of times, if we're being honest, one failure will set somebody all the way back. 
Right. Yeah, I didn't seen that for sure. I didn't definitely seen I, that that dude, discouragement just, and not being able to process uh, that right and be resilient. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, watched, resilient. yeah I've, I watched, like I've watched men in twelve step groups that have two plus decades of sobriety, sobriety. go out boom, over something boom, something tiny, yeah, one yeah. little failure. It, so what changed for in your me, mindset? Everything. It's my spirituality. Okay. Straight up. That's what it is, right? My connection to my prayer, to my whatever, my my ancestors, right? Which is what, that's it. My connection to my higher source, as we say in the 12 step, right? That what, right. It's that. It's it's really embodying, embodying that, right? Taking that like, this is, this is fake, guys. This is not real, right? These are the masks that we put on. These are not the, and like really understanding that, right? What is my... And that's it. Like, and me coming, being in touch with my roots helps me with that. Helps me navigate this weird ass world, right? That you got to put a face in. Who am I? Right. Because that. So in that, what would be your advice to other men that are going through this right, right. now? Because there's, there's so many people out there right. that get to that failure point, that inflection point and just give up. Right. Right. So it, how, it, what would you say to them to stop them from giving it, up? It's finding that thing that connects you to your inner, to your inner, to your inner source, to your inner power. And, and it's a lot of times it's not your mother and your father. Let me just, it's not your family. Right. Right. And you, it has to be you. It has to be you. Put yourself in a quiet space. If you're in the hood, go to a park, find that quiet space to just block out the rest of the noise. Because only until you block out the noise are you truly able to find who you are. Right. Mm. Powerful conversation. Powerful conversation. Well, me and my boy Kev and the one and only Richard Cabral right here on the Last Mile Radio on Sirius XM. Stay tuned. We're going to be back shortly, y'all. This is The Last Mile Radio on Sirius XM. Now, E and guest host Kevin McCracken's conversation with Emmy-nominated actor Richard Cabral continues. So, what's next for you? I mean, the strike's over. I'm an actor. That's <laughs> yeah. The strike is over, finally. Like, really. Like, Not real tough. That shit was like, that was like, oh, man, like seven months? All right, cool. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I mean, that's my bread and butter, right? That's you know, I'm I'm in LA now. This is my this has been my career. I've been blessed to do this work just to be an actor for over a decade now. Right. That alone, like, and, right. and I appreciate my life, right? And I take those moments too, like, damn, bro, you used to be in a prison cell. You were doing a shoot term. Now Man. you're, now you're, you know, you're they're flying you first class to wherever, right? Mm. And it's it's that, like, but yeah, I'm just grateful that you know I'm able to tap into what what I'm great at, you know, and right. and, and for me, it's it's I did I came from music. For me, artistically, it's merging my musical past with what I have been trained to do for over a decade mm-hmm. in in the acting world as right. a trained performer. So, I mean, having said that. How would you advise people in terms of like finding their path? Because your path is acting and music. Music, right? The arts. Yeah. The arts of, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, mine might be business. Like, right, how do you, right. you know, we talked briefly about it, but how do you get people that you're working with to that point where they really find the thing that's going to change their lives forever? And I think it's like what Father Greg said in um, the other episode is that it's that we're not here for people that need it. We're here for people that want it. Yeah. That part. Like, don't we like you have to want this shit, right? You got to want to be great. You got to want to be here. And if you want it bad enough, you will do the actions. Yep. That's it. And that's the thing. Even though we all come from the same communities, we're not all set up for the same thing. It's true. Right. It's it's that like oh bro you 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 thought you're an orange you're really an avocado <laughs> <laughs> straight up no I like that analogy though real talk because as we grow we get you to think step you're like into why identity. isn't it working God dad God why isn't it working and and, and I, I learned this from a ceremony this medicine this medicine man medicine man down in Mexico told me he was like you've been what you you're watering it you're right there giving it all the love right right but it, it's it's you thought it was an orange right. But it's really an avocado. Hmm. You've been hanging out with a bunch of oranges, baby, but you're really an avocado. Yeah. Who are you? Hmm. That's the big, that's all this shit yeah. is who the fuck are you? Yeah. Straight up. 
You want to know how to who find yeah. out who the fuck you are? <laughs> yeah, I love that man. Real <laughs> so, talk. So we're getting close to time, that, and I know, and I know, E has a very specific question he I, asks every guest. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So the way we close, we gotta ask this last question, and this this is kind of difficult, right? Because what I'm gonna ask you is one thing, and there's so many things that could come to mind, right? right? But if you could change one thing in our current system today, what would that be, and why? Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's housing children in prison, like stop putting kids in cages. Right. Right. And and, and with that, why? Because they're our future. <laughs> Let me just start there. <laughs> right. Um, but it's not just that. I thought I've had, you know, and I was like, well, what else? Say, they, all right. You know, because it's that. It's that. You have to think about it before you ask. Oh, you sure. have to answer. You were like, well, then what else? If they stop putting people in prison, then what, what are we going to do? And it's like. I'm just gonna brainstorm. Like we're having a brainstorm session. If you didn't put these kids in, if you didn't put me in prison, right? What about you would have gave me as soon as I got busted when I was 13 years old for graffiti, whatever minimal crime I got. Mm -hmm. You gave me a therapist. You gave me a big brother. You um you brought arts to my life, maybe right? And then you really try to see like my living conditions, right? Because most of these kids are getting getting busted, right? Mm -hmm. If you go to their house, more than likely it's fucked up, right? Yep. So it's like instead of just oh, fuck, lock them up, right? Instead of what you did to me, mm-hmm. could you have helped me? And I believe truly you could have, right? You could have helped me. Right. That system, this system that we pay taxes to could have fucking helped me. Yeah. You could have gave me some, some, something, right? Instead of just... Right. Right? My home was fucked up. That's why, right? My mom didn't give a fuck, right? My dad was, you know, you wouldn't have came to my home, you would have seen it. You would have seen it, right? You would have seen me laying on the floor, right? You would have seen, you know, you would have, and you would have been like, damn, like, this kid might need help. So anyhow, right. that would be what, you know, what I would change and how we might be able to, you know, fulfill that change. Definitely. I want to, I want to touch on something you said too, because I think it's real important because sometimes people may not be able to fully understand this, right? We got reasons and excuses, you know, the, the, the reasons don't always excuse the action, but the reasons are so important Mm because the reasons can prevent the exacerbation Mm -hmm. of what's truly at Mm -hmm. at the root of the Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. You feel what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you got some people that hear this and it's like, oh, just because that happened, that doesn't, you're right. It doesn't excuse it, but but it could be avoided. Yeah. Yeah. These reasons, once we lock in on these and rectify mm-hmm, this shit, mm-hmm, it can be avoided. Mm-hmm, we can mm-hmm, stop it from mm-hmm, reoccurring. Mm-hmm, we can stop mm-hmm, it from exacerbating. Mm-hmm, but it starts with you. Yeah. Absolutely. But it starts with you, right? Like, 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 that's it. That's it. And that's what, and I think that's what we're doing here as, as, as a collective. Man, real talk. Real yeah. talk. Richard, man, I really want to really want to give you your flowers, right? One thing we do on the last mile radio, dog, we give flowers. Mm-hmm. And pretty much what that stems from, man, a lot of times after somebody dies, you know what I mean? That's when you hear the good words. That's when you get the acknowledgments. And that's where you quite literally get the flowers on the grave. So I want to give you your flowers oh, while you can you, still bro. smell thank them, you, dog. Thank you didn't you. Yeah, overcame yeah. a very powerful journey, uh, man. Uh, and, and what you represent for your culture, man, for the culture, what you represent, you feel what I'm saying? In your neighborhood, dog, I'm sure it's inspiring so many different people to change the trajectory of their lives and now follow your footsteps so having the credibility that you have and stepping into your power the way you did i gotta give you your flowers bro real talk appreciate i'll take those flowers yeah absolutely thanks for coming on yeah first kev i don't even know what to say kev it just went down all the way down all the way down (laughs) man he had me i i actually didn't talk for the beginning part of the interview because <laughs> I thought I was going to just start crying. Man. I mean, he was passionate. He was on point. He was sharing his true experience with the system and with what it did to him and how, not only that, but how about this for the capper? He was offering solutions. Right. It wasn't just about complaining. It wasn't just about, oh, this was my story. Right. When you asked him what was the one thing that we could change, not only did he say what we could change, but he offered a list of possibilities for young people that were on their way to being incarcerated. Absolutely. I think that is huge, right? Because a lot of time, you know, we, we, we hear people with, with complaints, whether it's rightfully so or not, we hear the complaints, but we never focus on solutions. So to hear the solutions and have a solution-based conversation with such passion and energy, man, that was incredible. It was. And, and it, it, the fact that he doesn't do a lot of interviews right. because he doesn't think there's any purpose to it plays right into what we're doing here. And I say it all the time. I say it to the classes I teach in San Quentin. I mm-hmm. say it to my family. I say it to my friends. I've said it to Chris. I've said it to you. If it doesn't have purpose, I'm not interested. Period. And so taking that 
experience that he had, which was incredible. I mean, just traumatic. You know, he, he could have ended up staying in some very dark places, but right. instead, when the opportunity was given by Father Greg, he jumped in with both feet. And even the comments about getting that first $20 and hearing the words, I love you for the first time, Man. you know, and it's a reminder to me to say it to my kids even more. I mean, I'm one of those dads, so, you know, I'm hugging and kissing and I love you all the time, but mm. it's just that reminder in those moments of frustration where I want to say something different than that that maybe it's time just to throw a little more of that support and love at them, you know? And because he got that love and support from father Greg and we saw the interaction. I mean, right. I mean, he was calling him Papa. It was <laughs> incredible. And the, uh, the affection and affinity that they have for each other is just unbelievable. And that's the opportunity that we get to offer people. Absolutely. I, I think, I think, man, it was really an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to really witness at his finest display, turning pain into power. Yep. You know what I mean? I think that's one thing he definitely accomplished. He turned this pain into power. And one thing about that, I think when we hear that a lot of times, people think that the pain no longer exists. I think a lot of times when you see people that's further along on their healing journeys, people start to perceive them as perfect or damn near inhuman, like they don't have emotions no more or still go through shit. You know what I mean? So to see that and see how he turned this pain into power, man, that was just so motivational for me and inspirational. That was that was incredible. It was amazing. And, and he was so honest about it. And, you know, to, to be able to take that experience and to really own it. Right. So that guy owns his narrative. 100%. 100%. Was definitely accountable, in my opinion, for sure. And, and that, that was one of the reasons, because I know sometimes people can get how accountability looks misconstrued, right? Because, like, when, when you say, like, and or something like that, for some reason, people hear a but. <laughs> when you say some, 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 and or some people, a lot of people hear some, 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 but as if that's mitigating what was done. And for me, he didn't shy away from it. Like, mm -mm. like the mental condition and everything that led to his journey, especially to his journey of incarceration and everything like that. It was more so him understanding how and why. Right. You know what I mean? And he took full accountability. Well, and that's the thing. He's like, what were my other choices? But I'm not a victim. Right. I mean, he actually said that. That right. was the but in his statement. But he, he definitely had a lot of ands. The other thing that I really appreciate is that he's doing the work on the ground in the community, setting up a, a opportunity for youth to get connected to music, you know, and the, storytelling and music are the oldest art forms. Absolutely. And so here he is telling a story and sharing that this story is not over. Right. By any stretch. And that, and that, I, I love that he's staying in this community as well because that's, and creating more options. I feel like sometimes, you know, people make it to better situations and then kind of abandon where they came from. You yep. know what I mean? Sometimes the level up, they don't return back to where they was from. So for him to still be deeply rooted, you know, in his culture and be that figure and, and take that on, like that's just super commendable. Yep. Yep. Man, but you know, we could go on and on and on about this one for it was, it was just so interesting and so inspirational, man. And it just brought up so much. We could go on and on, but it's about that time. Kid. It is about that time. I will say for the first guest host appearance, you guys really threw me into the fire here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but that you is did a guest great. with with infinite energy. Oh, 100%. 100%. But In you, a very you positive did, way. You did great, though, Kev. I Thank gotta you. say, man. I gotta give you your flowers, dog. <laughs> I gotta give you your flowers. You did you an too. incredible job, man. Thanks. Seriously. You did your thing. And that's what we do at this time. I gotta give you your flowers. You showed up, you showed out, and you held it down, man. So serious. So for that, gotta give you your flowers, man. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I gotta give you your flowers. You who tuned in with us. Thank you for rocking with us. Y'all know I say it all the time. Presence is priceless. So thank you so much for being present with us and rocking with us. I hope you had your pen and pad and was taking down notes because it was a whole lot of jewels being dropped for real, for real. And we would love to hear from you. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear what you like. We want to hear what you don't like. We want to hear what you want to hear. We want to hear what you want to hear us talk about. And be sure to utilize your voice and empower that at thelastmileradio.org. Tap in with us. And to hear any episode, be sure to download the SiriusXM app. Download it. I'm Maserati E. I'm Kevin McCracken. And this is The Last Mile Radio. On Sirius XM. <laughs> I said the script. No, I didn't see it. I didn't read the bottom. That's my problem. I've been on a journey for a while. Finally, I see the last mile. I've been on a journey for a while. Finally,
Finally, I see the last mile. I'm paving the road to success. Ayy, I'm paving the road to the best. Wait, I'm paving the road to success. Ayy, I'm paving the road to the best. Wait, no lie to the best ways. To increase the success rate Define odds against us even when it's unexpected Changing the world by changing the way we view the world It's all perspective 